All right, welcome back to the Blue White Breakdown. It's Penn Live's Penn State football podcast. I'm Greg Pickle. Bob Flounders is driving. Bob, before we get back to the Penn State talk, how about this nicely paved and improved 322 we're driving on right now? I mean, no post-game traffic. The roads are paved. I had a little issue trying to get on 144 the back way because they somehow erected a turning circle there and I think I went around the world. I think I lost about a half an hour trying to navigate that turning circle. But you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. We're not in a traffic jam. I don't see any deer on the road. Hopefully we can get this. We're about an hour away from uh, getting back to Harrisburg. Hopefully there'll be no uh, there'll be no uh, technical difficulties. We're going to make it, I think. And then we have a big Sunday ahead of us, Greg, for a lot of different reasons. I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, day for Penn State. Uh, Sunday, Greg. That's usually a day that Penn State actually practices. I think the plan is they will have some kind of walkthrough or uh, it's a day where James and the staff believe in correcting what they saw from the game after they've seen the tape and then they're going to move on. Maryland's going to be a 3.30 kick next week at home, but it's got to be pretty interesting for the coaching staff on Sunday I mean, morale can't be great no matter what the players say. They're 0-2. They lost their signature game at home against Ohio State. Uh, a lot of you got you got to think there are a lot of uh, holes this team needs to fix if they're going to you know forget about running the table. I mean, I like you know just to get the four and four with the schedule that they have. I don't think that's going to be any walk in the park. I, I think there's a lot they got to work on. I wonder about morale and this team doesn't learn to start faster i don't i don't even think it really matters who's on the schedule they're going to struggle to put teams away yeah this is a problem that i think a lot of penn state fans and i think we too were uh, looking at going into the years there were a lot of questions about this team to answer before they lost journey brown noah kane and and michael parsons i mean was the pass defense going to be improved it was gashed a lot last year i think joey porter jr has been a phenomenal addition to this group where is Keaton Ellis, and why do they rely so much on Lamont Wade as a cover corner? Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not a slight Lamont. It's just not his yeah. strength. He's it's a safety. Just, it's a safety number one, and he's best in run support number two. So I don't understand why they're hell bent on yeah. having him on the field on third and eight or third and nine or what have you, because it doesn't work out that well. And I don't know where Keaton Ellis is. He was very good <laughs> last year. Yeah, still, that's two games in a row now. He hasn't played. I don't understand that. We'll see if we can get some answers. But, you know, between not knowing about the pass defense, uh, the defensive line just does not get home enough. Yeah. That's a problem. Uh, Jason, we're all the talk of Jason Alway and Shaka Tony and Adisa yeah. Isaac and PJ Mustafer and Antonio Shelton go down the list. Bob, they don't get a good, they don't, do not get a good enough pass rush consistently. And I know Justin Fields is the guy who's easy. He can get out of the pocket. And Ohio State's yeah. offensive line is very good. But, I mean, when we talk about recruiting better, some of these guys were guys at Ohio State. Yeah. Wanted. Awe, Isaac, uh, Brandon Smith, the linebacker who had a, you know, a huge sack late in the game but hasn't been able to make those splash plays right. yet. I mean, that's the other problem, too. Same thing on the other side of the ball with the receivers and, and the offensive line. Um, Bob, they get these highly recruited guys, and they haven't necessarily developed them as well as they should have, or the execution just doesn't happen on game day. So I don't know what to think at this point. Uh, I had Penn State beating Indiana, losing to Ohio State. 
Uh, I had him winning the rest of the way from there. Yeah. I, it's hard to be confident in those picks right now just simply because of the fact that the offense is yeah. one-dimensional, stagnant. It did open some things up uh, in the second half with Jahan Dotsu who had a great game. But it's just really hard to trust what you're going to get from this group, even from an effort standpoint, from right. a focus standpoint, from a penalty standpoint, turnovers. I mean – it is just not a good football team right now, and I don't know how much room there is to get better. I think that's Penn State's biggest problem at this point. Yeah, the more I think about what we watched uh, in this Ohio State-Penn State game, Greg, I'm just wondering if maybe Ryan Day and the offensive coaches put together a game plan that Penn State was not expecting. Let's just look at what happened last year in the game at the Horseshoe. Um, it was It was a little bit later in the year. I think the weather was a little bit more of a factor, but Justin Fields really—he was the difference because he was—he was a difference as a runner, design runs, third down runs. There was a run on fourth down. He extended drives. He extended plays. First game against Nebraska, he ran the ball or 15 or 16 times in that game. I think he ran for a 10-yard touchdown uh, early in, in the in the uh, in the first half. You know, running threat, running threat, running threat. I'm asking James Franklin at press conferences. Hey, his legs, how worried are you about him extending plays and him running and you're, you got young linebackers, yada, yada, yada. And what does Ohio State and Ryan Day do? He didn't, he barely ran. He stood back in the pocket and the whole game plan was really geared around him throwing the ball to two terrific wideouts and also um, the running back Teague, I thought, 225 pounds between the tackles with that offensive line. He consistently got four or five, six yards of carry when he was in the game. You know, Ohio State was in second and short a lot, Greg. And when they were on those third third downs, Justin found a way to make a play. But I think I think it'll, the more I think about it, Greg, I think they bamboozled Penn State's defense a little bit. And I don't think – I think Penn State prepared for a different kind of Justin Fields. And they got, they got the pure thrower. And I think that probably – uh, really hurt them. Yeah, I think you're right. Where's the other thing? If you're Justin Fields, why in the world would you ever run and take the kind of abuse <laughs> yeah. Sean Clifford did when you have a pretty well clean pocket most of the game right. and your receivers are typically wide open? I mean, to that end, what would be the point of running? You don't have to. Not in this game because Penn State, again, didn't get home with the pass rush and far too often let Ohio State's receivers open. So, yeah, they have a lot to clean up. You're right. Sunday is going to be a yeah. tough day for the Penn State Very football tough. team when they hit the field because they have a lot of corrections to work on. I mean, you know, they're not dropping passes this year, but that's because nobody's really open to catch them nine times out of ten. Uh, so there's that positive. But I guess the other takeaway I'd like to see what you think, Bob, is doesn't it feel like the offense looks a little bit like last year's offense and the defense looks a little bit like last year's defense and the mistakes and the problems doesn't feel like any of them got fixed. I mean, it almost feels like they didn't practice all year, which we know they didn't because of the coronavirus pandemic. But guess what? Indiana and Ohio State both went through the same thing. Yeah. And they looked much crisper, much sharper, and we saw improvement. What do you make of that? Uh, I I think I think uh, everything you said, Greg, uh, you know, I wouldn't disagree with. Um, I, I just am really surprised that <clears throat> this offense, you know, it's it's not an excuse to say that you know you don't have Dirty Brown, so you got you 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 build the running game around Noah Kane, who you know had had he not gotten hurt last year, you know Journey Brown would have had a tough time 
taking the job away from him. Then you lose Noah Kane, and the, the, the next best option is a talented player, but he's really only good at some things. Like he's not, Devin Ford's really not a guy uh, you can run a four-minute offense around. He's really not a guy when it's third and two. It's no guarantee he's going to get the first down. I think, I think the running the running backs uh, getting hurt really did hamper this team, and it's more pronounced because, you know, they just didn't have really a proven receiver. I mean, Jahan Dotson it was a solid player, but you know, when you run a three-receiver spread, Greg, it, it just can't be about Jahan Dotson. The teams already know about Pat Fryermuth. They're kind of afraid to run two tight end sets because they don't really trust a, two, a second tight end. I think that compromises them as well. Um, the offensive line is is not where I thought it would be. And like I said earlier, I just, you know, I, I really thought that Sean Clifford, you would see a better version of him right away. And that, that just has not been the case. It's, it's, it is disturbing that they are struggling so badly to make plays. They don't really, they lack explosive plays. I don't know that you can count on Jahan Dutson. He's got four touchdowns in two games. I don't know that you can count on him to get find the end zone every week. If he doesn't get in the end zone, Greg, who's going to get in the end zone? It's just, this, this season has come apart very quickly, and there's just not a lot of time to get it fixed. I mean, Maryland has got a talented quarterback and two his brother. Um, they're probably haven't forgotten what Penn State did to him last year when they embarrassed him at uh, you know in Maryland's own backyard. I I don't think it's going to be an easy game. I, I just uh, I, it's really as you watch what's happened in the Big Ten this year. Uh, the the oh, there's only one certainty, and it's it's Ohio State. You know, Michigan gets beat. Uh, Penn State's zero and two. Minnesota's zero and two. Northwestern I think is two and zero. Iowa, I believe, is 0-2. It's just been one of the one of the leagues that maybe it's the late start. Maybe I don't know what it is, but down is up, up is down, and there's only really one sure thing. Uh, you better come to play every week, or you're going to get beat in the Big Ten. I know it sounds like a cliche, but I just I don't see a lot of explosiveness from this offense, and I see a defense that's really struggling to find playmakers at defensive tackle and at linebacker. It's great they have two young corners, but that's just not enough to win games. Yeah, encouraging, Bob. No explosiveness on either side of the ball and uh, no no answer to the question of when you need a big play is going to, to be made, who is going to make it? I mean, I think that is the Penn State's biggest problem right now. You were able to save Fryermuth last year, but he's having a harder time getting open this year. Maybe the answer is now Dobson, but you're right. Teams are going to now game plan for him. Yeah. And the running back room, you just don't, you know, they don't get him involved in the pass game. They can't run the ball because there's no holes to run through. So, uh, and Sean Clifford, you know, at times he makes some tremendous throws, and at times he makes one to make you say, how is this guy the starting quarterback at Penn State? And... That consistency is something I think we all thought Kirk Schrock was going to be able to bring for him, and it just hasn't happened yet. So yeah. a lot of questions for Penn State to uh, to answer, Bob, as we have about 90 seconds left yeah. before we yeah. wrap things up. Take us home. Yeah. What is your big picture thought yeah. of the Maryland? I'll give you mine real quick. I think the Lions will win that game. Yeah. I, need to, I watched Minnesota-Maryland on Friday night. 
Terps move the ball on you, and they'll move it on Penn State the way Penn State's been playing defense of late. But I think Maryland's defense is just as bad, if not worse, than Penn State's, and that the Lions will be able to overcome that in the end. But we'll see. It is not uh, it is not a slam dunk as it once yeah. looked previously. My, my takeaway isn't so much about Maryland. It's just about analyzing Ohio State. You know, Ryan Day's the coach now, but really since Urban Meyer arrived, Urban was smart enough to realize that you have to have a dynamic player at quarterback. He makes everyone else better, whether it was Braxton Miller, whether it was JT Barrett, whether it was Cardale Jones, whether it was even Dwayne Haskins, you know, had one phenomenal fourth quarter as a thrower against Penn State, and now he gets Justin Fields via a transfer. If you don't have that guy at quarterback, my takeaway, Greg, is moving forward. If you don't have a, if you don't have a quarterback like that, you really have no chance against the best teams in college football because a, a good quarterback can atone for a lot of sins. I think on the offense, and it's an offensive game now. You're really not going to see dominant defense. You're just going to make good defense is going to get stops at the right time. But really, if you don't have a quarterback that can turn the game around or change the game on a play or two. You're in a lot of trouble, and Ohio State figured that out. They have them. Penn State's had some good quarterbacks, but I, I just don't know that I would put their quarterbacks in the conversation with Ohio State's quarterbacks, and we're seeing it play out on the field. All right, Bob, that's it for this week's Blue-White Breakdown. We're going to keep driving down 322, <laughs> and you and I will talk to the listeners on Tuesday after we hear from James Franklin. So enjoy the weekend, everyone.